Welcome to a dying podcast. My name is Nils and we might as well start off by explaining why this podcast is called a dying podcast. So first off, I'm not suffering from a terminal illness, at least not that I know of, so I'm not dying in that way. But I've chosen to call this podcast a dying podcast for a number of reasons. Partly, I've spent the past four years very close to the thought and the realization of death. The fact that we're all actually constantly dying and that one day we'll transform out of this body into a different type of dimension, the dimension we call death. But I've also come to realize that everything is constantly changing and in a way also constantly dying. And this realization has become really important to me over the past couple of years, and it's transformed my life in many good ways and in many different ways. So everything we create, everything we make up, will sooner or later and eventually fall to pieces and disappear and not exist anymore in the form that we first created it. And this is true for basically everything. Everything that I've ever created, all the projects, all the companies, all my work, all my relationships, everything will sooner or later change and turn into something else. So basically everything we create will eventually die. And so will this podcast. This podcast will not last. It will disappear. So it is truly a dying podcast. And I'm the type of person who keep creating new things all the time. And a friend of mine, Kelly, who specializes in neuroscience, he recently told me, that it's most likely because I have low natural levels of dopamine in my brain. And since I have these low natural levels of dopamine in my brain, and we all want and need more dopamine, because that that gets us excited, I create these dopamine kicks or fixes for myself by creating new things, uh, by creating new ideas, by trying to make something new come to life. And I repeat this pattern to keep giving myself these dopamine fixes that make me feel good. And this is common among artists and entrepreneurs. So it's good to know, at least for me, to understand why I am like I am. It also makes me realize that this podcast will be a dying podcast because sooner or later, it won't give me this dopamine fix or kick that I I need and I want and I constantly give myself. So this, this podcast is, is already dead in a way. It's already dying because it was just created, just started. And that's nothing bad. It's fine. It's the way things are. It's the way existence is. It's constant change. And it's the natural order of things, so to speak. I should also mention that I, I've chosen to do this in English. I asked my friends, should I be speaking English or Swedish in this podcast? And it was sort of a tie, a 50-50 thing. Some people said, I won't listen if you speak English. And others said, I'm a native English speaker. Obviously, I won't understand you unless you speak English. So I'm starting off trying this out in English. But this podcast doesn't really have a concept. Uh, It is dying. It is ever-changing. So I can't really promise you what this podcast will hold. But I'll promise you that I'll I'll focus on truth and sharing whatever comes to mind at the present time. This episode is the first one. It's just me speaking by myself in English. I'm in a little hut on the island of Gotland in Sweden. And it's a very, very windy day outside that you might 
here, which I hope is fine. In the next episodes, I haven't decided what I'll be speaking about. I haven't decided if I'll be speaking by myself or to someone else. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll take it as it comes. But I decided to spend this first episode to talk about something that has been dying in me for a couple of years now, uh, which is identity. And why has identity been dying in me for the past couple of years? Well, it started because I realized that I had an identity or that I have an identity. And I also realized that I did not create this identity for myself or by myself. It was sort of given to me by my surroundings, by the world around me. And I also realized that I didn't really choose my first identity. And it perhaps it wasn't true. It wasn't really who I am. And I've given this a lot of thought and I've realized that identity is, you know, it's something, it's a tool that we use to understand ourselves and try to understand our place in this world, in this dimension, but it comes with a lot of problems. So I, I wanted to share the story of, of my first identity that I can remember and how that impacted my life and, and how I've come to change my life once realizing that this identity perhaps wasn't true. So growing up, I obviously had an identity before the age of 10, but I can't really remember it that clearly. I can't really define who I was in society before I was 10 years old. I was just a kid. I enjoyed playing soccer. I enjoyed playing with other kids. I enjoyed existence, I guess. But when I was 10, something happened. I'd been going to school for a couple of years by then, but we had our first tests in school at the age of 10. The first time we ever did a test in school was a geography test. And to my surprise, and I guess to everyone's surprise, I basically nailed that test. I, I had the best score in the class. And that to me was a surprise. I had not seen myself as someone who did well in school prior to, to me starting doing tests. And uh, that almost instantly and almost overnight, at least the way I remember it, which of course is not the true, <laughs> uh, true way it was because we alter our memories. But the way I remember it now is that basically happened overnight. I was handed an identity based on my results, based on what I had done on this test. And the identity was that Nils, you are a high performing student. Uh, which basically added a lot of other stuff um, to this identity. I basically was handed this identity by people around me, teachers, my friends, other students who saw me perform in this way and basically placed this identity onto me and told me that you are good in school. And um, this means that you will become something or perhaps even that you should become something. And this means that you're smart. And when you're 10 years old and you, you hear the world tell you these things, uh, you think that they're true because you're just a child and you don't really know how this life, this existence, this dimension works yet. So you take it as truth and you choose to take it as truth because this is a good thing. You feel seen and people reward you for this identity that you've just been given. They reward you for, for your results, for your actions, for for what you've done. But it also becomes problematic because 
once you have an identity, you have something to cling to. You have something that you can use to, to tell yourself who you are. But you're using the words of others to tell yourself who you are. So it's not necessarily who you actually are. And it can become sort of a burden, which it became for me. Because I felt that I had to be smart. I had to keep being smart. I had to keep performing well in school to keep this identity, to keep getting the appreciation of the world around me. So for many, many years, this was me. I was the high-performing student. I was the person who was destined to be something, to become successful in this society. And that meant I, I started playing by the rules of this society. I studied hard. I set big and great ambitions for myself to become successful, to earn a lot of money, to get high social status, these kinds of things. And it took me, probably took me around 20 years to start understanding that perhaps this wasn't me. And it was a slow process because I realized over time that I was more true in creativity than in performing. That creating and playing around with things was more true to me than getting good results on things. Um, and that was a painful but very, very important lesson. But through that lesson, I didn't really understand that I had an, an identity that I didn't need. Because first, it was just a shift in identity. I shifted from being the results-focused, high-performing person to the creative, entrepreneurial person. So I shifted my identity from being the high-performing student to becoming the, the marketer, the communicator which was still high performing, to becoming the creative, the creative director, to becoming the entrepreneur, the person who starts things. And this thing has been, been ongoing. So I would say that my current identity is probably a mix of all these things, uh, combined with the person who gives a lot of thought to, <laughs> to life, to existence, the person who creates podcasts around these things. Uh, those things are now part of this <clears throat> identity that is my current state of being. But this identity is not who I am, not even remotely close to who I am. This identity is the, the image, the mirror of what the world is projecting onto me and what my mind is sometimes choosing to projecting onto me, but it's not really true. And there, before moving on, I, I want to mention some of the problems that comes with identity. I've already touched on it, but identity tends to be the words the world around you puts on you. It tends to be the way the world around you looks upon you. It tends to be what the world around you is telling you that you are. And the problem with that is that the world around you doesn't really know who you are. As human beings, we uh, simplify things. We put labels on each other to try to understand each other quickly because we don't have the time especially not in this day and age when we all have 3,000 Facebook friends and we're all bombarded with information constantly uh, every day in our digital lifestyles. We don't have the time to really go deep into each other, into relationships to each other and truly understand each other. If we did, we would all understand that we're, we're all one consciousness, we're all one being, but we rarely take the time to do this. So instead we label each other quickly. We take a couple of seconds, 12 to 18 seconds, to sort of decide who another person is the first time we meet them. And then that image will stick in our minds. But it also gets projected onto that person and it can turn into an identity for that person. 
So it's problematic because it's rarely true. Uh, identity is also problematic because it's primarily based on our actions or things that happen to us. So in my case, my actions was performing well in school. So the things I was doing became my identity. But that's not true either. I'm not what I do. I am what I am. We don't call it a human doing or a human happening. We call it a human being. And there's a third problem with identity. So I, I just mentioned that you know, it's based on the things we do and rather than the things we are. But it's also based on the past, right? Because my identity comes from my past. If I've been performing well in school for you know, 10 years, then that is who I am. That's what I've been doing for 10 years. If I just you know, had my first moment of performing well in school, that identity is not as strong because it's based on you know, less history. There's less data behind that identity. But basing identity on the past is problematic because the past doesn't really exist. The past is only a construct of the mind. It's, it's a little ignition of energy somewhere in our brain that, you know, is an image, a mirroring, a false representation of a past present. This existence is actually just one eternal present moment. The past does not really exist. It only exists when I choose to create it in my mind. So what happened to me 10 years ago does not exist unless I choose to create it, to think about it in my mind. So this is also problematic. If, if, if we are something that is based on a past that doesn't really exist, then that something doesn't really exist. So identity does not really exist. But still, we build our lives and our society around these identities, and that can easily make you end up in a place where you're perhaps not feeling true to yourself or perhaps not feeling well in your life at the moment. And that happened to me. I was this very successful person who performed well and who was a creative and an entrepreneur and, you know, who got a lot of uh, attention and appreciation from the world around me for all of those things that I was doing. While in truth, I was doing it partly because of my low dopamine levels. I didn't really have a choice. It was my, my, cho my choice to create all of these things that I've created. It's not my choice really to create this podcast. I just need to, to get it out of my system, so to speak. It's the way that I am. And I also became this identity because I was scared to not be accepted, to not be loved by the world around me. And I clung, you know, I'm clinging to whatever I feel creates this appreciation towards me from the world around me. And in my case, that happened to be performing, that happened to be creating things, that happened to be starting things. So it was a mix of my low dopamine levels in the brain and my need for appreciation and feeling love and feeling safe in society that led me to do a lot of things that enforced this identity. But I, I never really stopped to look at this identity and, and think about, is this truly me? Is this truly who I am? So one way to look at identity, uh, one analogy that, that really rings true to me is to look at yourself as, as a lake. So we're all lakes. I'm a lake. You're a lake. And, and if you're standing on the shore or you're flying above this lake in an airplane and you look at the lake, all you see is the surface. And the surface is, you know, that's the person you see. That's the person I am in everyone else's eyes. It's, it's the surface, right? 
And on the surface is where identity is. Things happen to that surface. There are winds coming and someone might throw a rock into the lake or there's a boat passing by and, and things happen on the surface. You create ripples, you create waves. It's the constant change of your emotional state, of your image out towards the world. It's constantly changing. The surface is constantly changing, right? But if you go deeper into the lake, uh, you'll go deeper into the person. And at the bottom, you'll find complete stillness and calm. And the bottom doesn't really change just because there's a ripple on the surface. And you're this entire lake. You're the bottom, the calmness, the, the stillness inside, but you're also the ripple on the surface. But the ripple on the surface is not really the lake, right? The lake is the lake. It's this vast amount of of water, this body of water that just sits there and it's constantly the lake. The lake doesn't change just because there's a ripple on the surface. It's it's still the lake. And it's to me it's been helpful to start looking at identity this way and and things that happen to me or things that I do are only really happening on the surface in this dimension where we, you know, interact with the world and interact with each other and it doesn't really change the lake. It doesn't really change who I am. It's just, you know, it's just the essence of being a lake. It's the constant change, the constant ripple on the surface. And there's another way to look at this. You can look at yourself as different levels, different, you know, stages, different depths, almost like an onion in a way. If you look at yourself as different layers, where you have your outer layer, which is your identity, and then you have a bunch of inner layers. So the identity, the outer layer, that's your outer facing version of yourself, your identity towards the world. And then if you, you know, that's, that's what you do. In my case, that outer layer is, is, is my work. It's the entrepreneur, the creative, the thinker, the burner, whatever you want to call me. And then I have an inner layer, the sort of first inner layer, which is my, I guess, inner identity still. That's where you'll find my emotions, my opinions, my memories. When I think about myself, that's usually what I find. And it's a layer that no one but me can truly understand. But that also is not really truly me because I can go deeper. If I go deeper into my mind and my body, I'll, I'll find energy. When you close your eyes, you can see light dancing and, and you can understand at one level that all we are is energy that is constantly moving. And if I keep going deeper and deeper, I'll, I'll eventually realize that I'm just, you know, one little part of this great field of energy that is existence, where we're all just little versions of the same consciousness looking at itself from different angles. And that is also a helpful way to, uh, to understand what you are. And uh, I might talk more about this in upcoming episodes, but for the time being, I just want to keep, you know, that comparison to that inner energy feel that is constant and eternal. And that is something that we all are, something that we all share and compare that to the extreme point of the identity. With identity, I feel separate from everything else. And I feel I need to be this identity and I, I cling to the identity. And I would say the main problem of the identity, which I have chosen not to touch upon until now is fear. Fear is, you know, in many ways, the root of all problems, which I'll happily talk more about in upcoming episodes. 
but it's also connected to identity. If you look at what you're scared of, it's all connected to identity. I'm scared of not being appreciated by the world around me, uh, which is just me saying I'm scared of not having an identity that the world around me likes. I'm scared of uh, losing everything I have, both monetary stuff. You know, I'm scared of not having any money. How could I, how could I survive in this fear-based society and this fear-based system if I don't have money? And which is just me once again being scared of not having this identity that fits into a certain place of this society. And I'm scared of losing everything I love, scared of losing all the people I love. And in a way, that's also me being scared of losing my identity. This person who has relationships, this person who has love, this person who loves other people. So in essence, I'm just scared of not existing. I'm just scared of not being. I'm, I'm scared of being nothing. And I cling to my identity because this fear is strong in me. And once you start realizing that your identity doesn't really exist, then you start realizing that the fears connected to your identity doesn't really exist either. And obviously that makes life nicer and easier to, uh, to live. And it also makes it less scary to do things and to play around with your identity because it doesn't really exist. Don't look at it as yourself because it's not really me. It's not really you. It's just a tool. It's just a result of our actions. But it's not who we are and it's not that important. Once again, the human doing is not that important. The human being is important, but that's, you know, we're already human being no matter what we do. We are who we are. We are what we are no matter what we do. So I guess my point here is that it took me a long time to start thinking about identity and realizing that I'm not my identity and that I can, first of all, I can choose my own identity. I don't need to have it, you know, being given to me by the world around me, but it's also not who I am. And with that comes decreasing fear. It's easier for you to get rid of fears in life once you start ridding yourself of identity. I'm not saying you shouldn't have an identity because we all have one, whether we like it or not. I'm just saying, there are different ways to look upon this identity and understand it for what it is. And since I'm not really sure about what the purpose of this podcast is yet, probably won't be until, you know, in hindsight. But I do have conversations with a lot of people and a lot of friends about these things. And a lot of people and a lot of friends, uh, you know, are, are um, also dealing with the challenges of these things and the pain connected to to these things, the identity. What I want to say is think about it. Take some time to focus on what your identity is, why you cling to it, what parts of it you like, what parts of it you don't like, what parts primarily bring fear and pain, what parts primarily bring you love, and then start playing around with it. And then at the end of the day, of the day maybe even get rid of it because it's not true. And then, you know, the obvious question is what is true? And there's a book that is both hard and good to read <laughs> called The Theory, Theory of Everything by Jed McKenna or Jed McKenna's Theory of Everything, where, uh, well, it's basically this guy called Jed McKenna who has a theory of everything. <laughs> and uh, there's an entire book about it, but the theory is actually quite simple and easy to, you know, summarize. And it basically, he basically says, first he asks the question, is anything true? Is there anything that's true? The answer is yes, of course, something is true. Because if nothing was true, then that would be true. The truth would be nothing is true. So by definition, something must be true. And then he continues to ask, then what is true? And the only thing that we know 
to be true is consciousness. The only thing I can say that I know is true is that I am consciousness. I can't say that I'm Nils or I'm a human being or I'm happy or I'm sad or I'm, you know, I'm Swedish or I'm a boy or I'm an entrepreneur or any of these things because uh, all of those things seem to be made up. But the only thing that I know is true is that I'm conscious, that there is consciousness because that's, you know, what I'm experiencing all the time. So that is basically the only thing that's true. Everything else, I can't be sure if it's true. And this is helpful because once again, it, it makes it easier for me to understand that my identity is not true. It's a construct, something that's made up. It makes it much easier for me to understand that this society is not true. We made it up, we created money, we created work, we created success, we created career. All of these things are man-made constructs. It's not true. Emotions aren't necessarily true. They are, but I'm not really sure what they are. And it really also helps me to understand that positive and negative is not true. It's something we've made up. There's no natural thing saying that one thing is good and another thing is bad. It's something that we create, our minds create, our egos creates, you know, connected to, once again, to our identity. Anything that's bad for my identity, I would say is bad. But if the identity is not true, it's not even there, then it doesn't have to be bad, right? What this all leads to, uh, which is, I guess, will be a recurring topic, is that everything is just present. Everything is just now. Uh, and there's no value and understand me correctly here is, you know, there's no value in anything. Nothing is good or bad. Everything just is. And once we start realizing that, we can start accepting everything that happens around us because it's just, you know, something that happens. It's not necessarily good or bad. It's just this. And once you choose not to connect good or bad to it in the same way, if you choose not to connect your fears to it in the same way, then life becomes easier and life becomes much more true. And we stop chasing fear because that's basically what we do. That's what I've been doing, or at least did do for many, many years. I, I was chasing the idea of my own identity to make sure I could cling to this identity. I was chasing success. I was chasing social status. I was chasing money because... I was scared not to have it. I was scared to end up last in a made-up competition with everyone around me where, you know, we're only good if we're better than everyone else. That's the problem of success. Yeah, I think, I think we'll stop here. I have no idea how long this took, maybe 20 minutes. I have no idea if that's a good amount of time to talk about something or not. It's just an amount of time to talk about something and I've chosen to talk about identity this time. Since there's no concept, there's no plan, there's really no ambition with this dying podcast and to just record it and then have it slowly die. <laughs> I would be uh, immensely grateful for any type of feedback or input or questions or ideas or, you know, anything you want to say to this, feel free to let me know. If you want to be a part of this, feel free to let me know. If you want to have a conversation with me that we record, feel free to let me know. If you think I'm not making sense, feel free to let me know. If you think I am making sense, feel free to let me know. If you think I should stop doing this podcast, let me know that too. <laughs> if you want me to continue, let me know that too. So now I've given myself the made-up identity of being a podcaster, which is not true. This is a dying podcast. I have a dying, constantly dying identity. I think my last remark for this episode will be the following. A few weeks back, my grandmother passed away. It was the first death of someone that I love. Uh, someone close to me where I, for the first time, actually had a clearer relationship to that. So I could deal with it in a much 
smoother and more beautiful way than I have before when people around me have passed away. We had the most beautiful goodbye I've so far witnessed in my life, and I'm so grateful for that. And I'm happy and grateful for the realization that my love for my grandmother is is um, can never die. You know, it's constant. It's eternal. Love never dies, even though bodies do. Um, but when I was in the room with her, I looked up on the wall where someone had been hanging, you know, pictures of me and my sister and my cousins from when we were younger. And I looked at this picture of myself when I was probably 14 or maybe 15 years old. And I, I, I'm looking at this kid and I realized that that kid is, is dead. He doesn't exist anymore. He hasn't existed for a very long time. And it made me realize that we die all the time. The identity that that guy had, but also who he was, all the cells in his body, all the thoughts in his mind, uh, all his emotions, all his, his memories are gone. They're long gone. Now, I'm still here. I'm the 35-year-old version of that guy, but he's gone. So it made me realize that we die all the time. The person I was yesterday is dead. Uh, I'm a new person today. I'm constantly a new person. It's kind of a beautiful thing to realize. It allows me to uh, choose to be who I am in every given moment. I create myself constantly. I recreate myself constantly. I don't have to be my memories. I don't have to be the made-up identity I've had for 10 years because it just died. Everything just dies all the time. And it's a, it's a beautiful passing way of life. It's a beautiful way of looking at it because, you know, once my body finally dies, I won't have to be as scared because I've been dying constantly for all my life. There are so many versions of myself that have passed away. And um, that's one way of looking at it. So thank you for uh, listening to this rambling about identity and life. And uh, I hope you'll have an amazing day today. I hope you'll give some thought to your identity. And uh, who knows, maybe create a new one today and then let it slowly die once again. Take care.